right, so before I start, I want to ask you guys to subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is a, a Todd Atkins show. If you like the stuff that I do here, you're going to like my YouTube channel as well, which has a lot more stuff than just uh, these episodes. Um, these episodes are there also, but uh, there's some opinion pieces and things like that. But today's episode is going to be uh, about Francis Ngannou leaving the UFC and the UFC uh, kind of going in the direction of uh, Cyril Gahn versus John Jones. So we kind of broke down those two situations. And uh, this is going to be with uh, Mike Davis and M- Miguel Iterati of the Lights Out podcast. So check it out. This is MMA Conspiracy Hour. Francis Ngannou leaves the UFC. He agreed to fight Usyk, so. All right, so this is Todd Atkins. I'm back with another episode of the MMA Conspiracy Hour with the MMA Detective Mike Davis and Miguel Adorati of the Lights Out Podcast. Be sure to check out Lights Out Podcast on YouTube, the best MMA history podcast anywhere. And today we're going to talk about the recent news just yesterday, basically, about Francis Ngannou has been, you know, basically released from the UFC. And the UFC also announced John Jones versus uh, uh, Surreal Gone. So for the title, so let's kind of, you know, maybe Mike, I'll let you start this time because Miguel did the last one. Why do you think maybe first, why did Nganu leave? And maybe we could talk about that first. My personal opinion is that, well, I mean, with the tinfoil hat on, obviously the conspiracy, I, my personal belief is that Tyson Fury retires. That was what about eight months ago, possibly nine months ago freeing him of whatever contracts he has, giving away all of his belts, you know, back into the, you know, the deep end for those. And now Francis Ngannou allows his UFC contract to run out. I I have a feeling it's going to be a super fight where you've got two legitimate class A athletes that can actually make the money that they deserve while being able to pick a third party rather than being held hostage by one. And I, I think the money that Floyd Mayweather made McGregor and McGregor's purse held in comparison to Floyd, I think um, I think that planted a lot of seeds. And from what I understand, the UFC took a, a pretty hefty sum from that money that McGregor made in order to allow that to happen. Um, didn't seem to bother McGregor. He was very happy with it. So whatever it was. But I, I think Ngannou is a man of principle and Tyson Fury He's always kind of walked to the beat of his own drama anyway. And they're seeing an opening, two guys at the same time seeing an opening that could be a mega draw, you know, generational wealth on the table. I mean, I, I applaud both guys for saying it, uh, for doing that. Um, but it's also not a good look for a publicly traded company that recently just uh, took a hit in the stock market because of the recent activities. Now, I want to ask you guys, it sounds, Mike, like you're basically convinced that he's going to go into boxing. Miguel, what about you? Let me let me touch on the UFC side here, because I think it's a bad sign. And, um, the main thing here is this, is they couldn't come to a dollar figure. They had a dollar figure in their head, and God was over it, and they weren't going to go over it. And eventually they decided to, you know, cash in and just get out, and let the guy go. As Mike said, that's a bad look for them. But behind the scenes, what this means is that they are doubling down and they're preparing maybe for this lawsuit that regards their overall balance of pay with the fighters. You know, in general, the numbers that have been thrown around is like the NBA, NFL, 
they go 50-50 with the owners and the players, and the UFC is more like an 80-20 split. So that is what the core of the problem is here, is that they cannot pay Ngannou, but they probably can, but once they do that, it sets a domino effect down their entire roster that makes an adjustment. So they are going to hold their ground, and they're actually going to let this asset go. They let Nate Diaz go. And as we pointed out in some of the early conversations uh, last year, um, I thought that they would be calling their roster. John Jones has seems to have survived that cut this time, but you know we'll see what happens with him. He did sit the entire year when he was ready to go. So everybody suffered for this. And it's because the UFC cannot afford to pay him and not look bad with the rest of a 700-man roster that they would have to make some adjustment to. And uh, they're preparing for that lawsuit here, and I think that they had to measure that, and that, that's why they let him go in the back end. On the front end, they won't say any of that. They'll just say that, you know, he was too tough to deal with in terms of, you know, that, and they think that they'll make another star. He's already, you know – starting the hype wagon for Jones, who we haven't seen in a couple of years. He's going to be in a new weight class. And Ngane, who at the end of the day, you know, is a dozen fights. And he's already talking about, like, this is the super fight that we've been waiting for. We just didn't know it. So it is what it is. So, Miguel, I mean, you, I mean, obviously headed up Bodog for a while. Do you think the UFC sues Ngannou anyway, no matter what move he makes? you know, citing that they were talking beforehand, or do you think it's a clean break? No, I think this is kind of new territory. I think I know, I think it was easy to predict how Fertitas and Dana would, would react to it because of their background and because they react to people a little bit. I, I think they've let people go in the past, and eventually those people have eventually come back one way or another because they just don't make the money that they do in the fight game in other places. BJ Penn went out to to try to run his own promotion, bring in money that way and stuff like that. Eventually went back to the UFC and, you know, he's got some wealth from his family and stuff like that. He's not the perfect case, but what about Randy Couture left? And eventually it was the UFC, the early UFC that came in and gave him access to some of his ancillary rights and things that they don't give any other fighter. So Randy actually broke the mold, but he also actually went back to them after leaving. So um, this could be a little bit of a gamble saying Ngannou's not going to – whatever they think is going to happen out there, you know, Triller may go down the drain like the zone or, you know, whatever. People throwing big money around like that is a couple of years ago. It's not there anymore. They might be taking the risk that Ngannou's not going to get that money. Um, that's probably a wrong risk, it just it, the way we analyze things. We don't know all the players. But I, I think, you know, see, that's it. They, they're – not going to pay anybody and break their uh, current, uh, you know, whatever uh, fighter scale, pay scale. And that's, yeah, yeah. That that's correct. They insist that they are fair, so they can't break that because that's you know that would go against themselves. So that's how I see it. So, so Todd, they also look at it this way: Bellator might be for sale right now. It might be. One FC is God knows how many hundreds of million dollars in the hole. You know, possibly, I mean, you're talking like nine figures in the hole. So now where else are you going to go? 
Like there's there's not a lot of other options. And like it, it's it's kind of like Hollywood, sink or swim. It's the UFC has the money. They're really not showing their books to anybody or they're very creative in the ways that they do it. And they don't want to pay somebody probably what they're worth in boxing. Like that boxing pay scale is very different than what happens in MMA, even on a regional level. So you don't think there are any viable options other than boxing? Is that what you mean? In terms of finances? Well, I mean, was he going to get in a PFL heavyweight tournament? I mean, the PFL and the UFC, they use the same distribution. Or PFL's on ESPN. You're not going to tell me there's not a cozy relationship there. Eagle FC, Eagle FC is done. You know, like, where's he going to go? What about Bare Knuckle? You know, Tyson Fury, because of his family background, you know, if if he were to fight Tyson Fury in bare knuckle, the, the world would huge. stop. The world yes, would stop. And, and and Dave Feldman, Dave Feldman, he's crazy enough to pull that off. You just you, you're going to need a lot of money. That's the, the thing is is here is is you, the, I think there's a movement, and Jake Paul leads it, unfortunately, in some ways, but. I think there's a movement to cut some of the middlemen out. And I think boxing and UFC, the middle, you know, if the money's if it's 80-20, the, the split there, then no matter how much money the fighters are making, there are other people behind the scenes going home with a lot of money. Yeah. And the fight get more of that is, is the opinion there. So if they can find the right model, an independent model, and do that, the, the thing that's noticeable here is they're going to need something that big. Because if not, then I, I don't think that this formula of going off to another sport to make money will work for everybody. Nate Diaz is probably going to be okay. He'll probably get a, a fight or two for big money. And Ganu's the heavyweight champion of the world. Tyson Fury's the heavyweight champion of the world for respective sports. They'll get paid somewhere. But you start trying to, you know, leave the UFC and go over there and, and get paid elsewhere and stuff like that. Not everybody's going to get the paydays and it's not going to work. And that's, I think, one of the things that Dana's going to allow this to, to, to go forward. Somebody's going to fall on their face. I don't think it'll be Ngannou. I think Ngannou will create a fight with Triller or some PFL, some some type of association, but involving Tyson Fury, that would be the name that gets him the money he wants. If not, everything else is average. And, oh. and, and the thing is, with the way the current span is, second on the list, Tyson Fury is the biggest fight on the planet for Ngannou. That's the one that makes the most money. The second one is John Jones. So he's, he's not completely free. Todd, speaking of money, I actually might owe Miguel a steak dinner. Uh, if John Jones actually fights again, I lose. Because I predicted that right after his incident in, uh, in Vegas at the Hall of Fame ceremony. I, I gotta no. say, I gotta say, the bottom line is, he's 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 gone through a year without really a huge, year? Public, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, True. I think we're getting the fight. I think it's time, and then then it'll go off the rails again. You know, now, Fury has already committed to fighting Usyk. So do you think Ngannou would wait Fury for that retired. to pass? Fury retired. No, he's already he already committed to fighting Usyk. They 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 did face off after his last fight. Okay. So does Fury does Ngannou wait for that to pass, or maybe does Hold he up. take on Wilder? 
hold up. He retired after his last fight. I, I'm not a boxing guy. I, I, I just read headlines, so I'm not like really getting involved in that world. But I distinctly remember Tyson Fury saying that he retired. And this is the second time he did it. Now, if that was, does he got a date for Usyk? Look it up, Miguel, would you? Yeah, you know, Tyson Fury is about cashing in at this point. So whatever, and you know, well, again, he's going to need to make thirty or fifty million for any time he's going to get in the in the ring at all. You know, it's not like he's going to do uh, one fight for cheap, or you know, not he's, and he's not working through a contract or anything like that. So he's looking for the biggest fucking paydays out there. Right. So, on top of that, I, so, I Brock does not have Usyk officially on Tyson Fury's page as a signed fight. That doesn't mean that much, but BoxRec does update relatively frequently. So okay. I'm going to say it's not 100% signed yet. But with Eastern European money, I do think that, you know, you saw Povetkin get into some of these title fights. I do think Russian and Ukrainian money can be big money and that that fight may uh, may be made with Tyson Fury and then the winner gets Ngannou, which would be, you know, Fury and Ngannou. So when people mention Dana White stepping down, and they, they say, oh, he's privileged because he's white and all that other stuff. You got to look at it this way. And, and this is how I am across the board. Rules need to apply for everybody, right? We can agree with that. John Jones is still a rostered UFC fighter. So if John Jones doesn't get fired, nor should Dana White. And it's a hard thing for people to swallow, but that's reality. You know, now, do I, do I think it's correct? You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think. If he's holding he's holding himself to the same level of John Jones, who's been offered dozens of fights ever since that incident, that he's holding him, that, that he himself is being held up to. So it is what it is. You know, don't like it, not happy about it. I thought the embar- you know, the situation was, you know, bad for everybody, especially somebody that's got a family. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he's not treating himself any more differently than he did John Jones. Now, before we close, I wanted to ask you about the recent string of maybe you could say like losses for the UFC or they could be looked at that it, that way. So let's talk about we had Nate Diaz, the Nganu situation, Dana White situation, and the betting scandal. So maybe Edgar? what about Frankie Edgar, his exit? That's a loss for the UFC. This, to right, me, but I'm just talking about these four plus. Apparently, they got scooped on the Jumbotron when that match got leaked on the Jumbotron before they announced it. I don't know what what was there. But of these things, what do you guys make of all these different kind of things happening at the same time? You know, they're also at the Apex Center a lot instead of touring. Like, instead of, like, watering the seeds in the markets that they currently have, they're sitting at the Apex Center because it's convenient. I don't know. I think think the UFC right now is... uh, I think they're going to have to adapt the pro wrestling mantra that they've kind of gone through with controlling everything. I think the sport's gotten so big right now that they don't have a lot of control of a lot of stuff. And I think they're going to have to adapt. Otherwise they're going to keep taking these L's. You know, what do you think? Miguel? I think, I think, I think when Zufa sold to the new owners and Dana stayed on, but that was not done without a contract. And we just found out how powerful Dana's contract is. <laughs> I, I, I don't think True. that the upper management of that company wanted to keep Dana 
through all this. The Fertitas may have wanted to in their world because of loyalties and, and you know, gambling people from that world, they, they have different loyalties and stuff. And Dana's their boy. And Dana learned to operate that way, but he's no longer protected by the owners in the same way. And I'm pretty confident that this that he gave the owners a, a way out or a reason to want him out with this slapping of, of a woman. And the fact that he's still there tells me that his contract is pretty strong. And it tells me that my other prediction where I think that, you know, he's got a little Bob Arum in him and I don't think, I think he dies as a UFC promoter. You know, that could be a little bit closer to being true as well. And, but I think that's what we saw here because I think Dana won a battle to survive. And that's why he wasn't, he's not his typical self. If you've known him for 20 and watched his act for 20 years where he would be bombastic. And he wasn't. He was just simply like, I'm still here and I deserve everything I've gotten and I'm going to get, but I'm here. All right, so, so Miguel, that, that is an angle that nobody's even talked about. Dana, remember that couple episodes ago when I said, well, Dana's going on record saying he doesn't have a boss. We're about to find out. Well, it turns out Dana actually doesn't have a boss. That's true. And it's based on, it's based on his contract. I mean... Yeah, I, I, I respect him. You know, I respect him. Like other things, we don't know anything about that contract, but I'm certain it exists. And then we have one other hint that there's a, an agreement there that was come to after Zufa got rid of the UFC, and that comes from the very public Joe Rogan, where Joe Rogan said his contract says, when Dana leaves, I leave. Ooh. So now Dana actually controls the only other guy who has a chance at being recognized more than him anywhere in their circle. So he controls both of the biggest faces around there in the UFC by him, by virtue of him leaving and stuff. Maybe they have no replacement for Joe Rogan, so they couldn't get rid of Dana. It, it, it's intricate, but I think I think what you saw here is Dana at with his most uh with his survivor hats on. That's all, you know. I think he survived some people would have. He's Teflon, man. He really is. And like I, I gotta hand it to him. Like it's man, that guy's pretty impressive. The way he's been able to handle himself and maneuver and kind of see things before they're coming, it's very impressive, man. You know, whether you like Dana or not, I personally do. I know many don't, but I personally do. He um man, dude, it's it's a shark tank, and that guy's the the guy's the the, the guy is swimming around there, the king of the pond, man. All right, so I think it's a good way to close on. Uh, so again, uh, this is Todd Atkins with the MMA detective Mike Davis and Miguel Dorati from the Lights Out podcast. Be sure to check out Lights Out podcast on YouTube, the best MMA history podcast out there. Until then, take care. All right, so I want to thank you guys for checking out another episode of the uh, MMA Conspiracy Hour. And I'm going to upload uh, two more uh, tonight. So there'll be three total MMA conspiracy uploads on here. I know I haven't got to new episodes lately, but uh, I'm going to take care of some of that today.